Well, we're going to continue in our series out of the book of Acts, and I've asked Michael Hansen to, to share with us this morning, so let's give it up for Michael. Thank you. Thank you so much. How is everyone uh, this morning? Uh, good. Hey, before, <clears throat> before I get into the message, uh, I just want to really, really briefly uh, address what I assume is on everyone's hearts and minds. You've been watching the news this last week and the shootings and... Uh, and, and, and I know, you know, violence like this and just, it stirs all kinds of emotions and, and fears and questions. And I, I've been praying a lot this week, just like, God, like, how do I respond to this? And all week long, I've had this verse uh, just rolling around my brain. And, it, and it's out of Romans 12. It says this. Uh, it says, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. And as I've been praying that verse and just like, well, what does that look like in, in, you know, in the midst of what we're, we're experiencing as a nation? And, and the picture I had was right now in the U.S., it's like this roaring river, the strong current of evil is just rushing across the nation and it's sweeping people into this, you know, into this current. And the picture I had was Jesus is standing in that river and he feels the current, but he's not at all swept up in it. And he's looking to us as his followers and he was saying to me, come to me, come stand with me and I will show you how to not be overcome by this current, how to not be overcome uh, by evil. And, and he even wants to teach us how in the midst of all that's going on, how to turn into the current and actually do good in, in spite of the evil. So I just wanted to pray for us because I know what's on our hearts. Just a, just a prayer off the top here, just to commit uh, all that's going on to the Lord. So let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, I, uh, I thank you that you see everything, that you know everything, you know what's going on, uh, you know what's coming, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, I just pray this morning uh, for your peace on our nation. Lord, uh, mercy for the families who have lost loved ones, healing and comfort for those that are in the hospital, uh, recovering. Lord, I pray for your church all across this nation, that you would teach us how to stand with you in a time like this. Lord, teach us how to walk this verse out, how to not be overcome, but how to overcome the evil with good. We need your help to do that. I pray today that you would bless this time, bless this service, and just, uh, just continue coming close this morning. Continue being personal with each one here. We just give you this time and we give you ourselves, we give you this nation in Jesus' name, amen. You know, really, uh, as I was thinking about it, uh, what's been going on this last week, what we've seen in the news, etc., really ties in with, with uh, uh, where we're at in this series, in this series in the book of Acts. And if you remember last weekend, uh, JT did a, an excellent job looking at Acts chapter 10. And if you didn't hear that, there's a free CD uh, on the info counter, you can go online. We have some eight tracks back in the dumpster if you want to listen on that. <laughs> but last weekend, what JT was, getting, uh, was talking about and looking at was how God was, was totally blowing the minds of the Jewish believers by, by calling them to now take the message of Jesus to the Gentiles, right? And talk about prejudice, talk about racism, talk about uh, hatred. The, Gen the Jews saw the Gentiles as subhuman they looked at them like 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 dogs and now God is coming to his people to the Jewish believers and he's saying hey you know what you guys the way that I've welcomed you into my family I now want to do the same with the Gentiles and in fact I want you to welcome them the same way and, and it says in your notes not he's not just calling them or us to to merely tolerate not just to tolerate but to adopt He's talking full-on adoption, one family, shoulder to shoulder. And it's so interesting to me that as we now this morning look at uh, Acts 11, that Luke does something that I think is very significant, and it says something. Uh, over half of Luke 11 is a, a, a repeat of what we saw, the story we saw in Acts 10, where remember when Peter goes to, to Cornelius, to a Gentile's house, and that's interesting to me because a lot of the commentaries were saying, you know, if, uh, in, in, in the time when Luke would have written this, scrolls 
were, were expensive. I mean, now they're really cheap at Walmart. You can get them a dime a dozen. But in, in, in Luke's day, they would conserve space. So you would, you know, try to get as much information. And so to repeat a whole section, almost word for word, it's like, why are you doing that, Luke? Right? Why would you take the time to, to take a story that we just read and, like, literally, if you had a computer, copy and paste? Well, he did that for them and for us because he recognizes that what God was doing in the hearts of the Jewish believers and what he's doing in our hearts is, is such a huge challenge, calling us, stretching us, uh, our hearts, putting more of his, hearts, his heart into our hearts to love people that, that we don't uh, naturally love. And, and, you know, the, the title of this series or the, of, of, of the, yeah, the whole series on Acts is, is The Church in Motion, and when I say the church in motion, I don't mean just Christians running around, you know, being really busy. When I say the church in motion, what I mean is the church in motion following Jesus. Wherever he goes, whoever he goes to, the church in motion is, is, is a church following him as he goes, you know, about the world rescuing people. And it's so important uh, that if we carry, if we carry any, any attitude or prejudice in our hearts that causes us to you know, look down our nose at someone and say, okay, you, you're in, but you, you're out, right? You, you're worthy. You, you're unworthy. It's so dangerous if that is, is in our hearts because then we won't be the church in motion. Then the danger is we're gonna be the church in selective motion. Does that make sense? What I mean is this, so you know, if we're going through our lives and we're following Jesus and, and all of a sudden Jesus takes a left and he goes down a street that we're not, we don't want to go down or we're not comfortable going down and he's headed down that street and then he stops at a person and he's got his arm around this guy or this gal and he's going, here, I want you to talk to him. I want you to come talk to her. I want you to invite him or I want you to, to invite her to church. Or I want you to love on him, or I want you to, you know, I want you to love on her, and we'll be looking at him going, ooh, I don't know. You know, why don't we have a car wash instead? Right? I mean, that's a great, good reaction. Now, listen to this quote. It says, our attitude toward the world, those who do not know God, is supremely important. In Christ, there is no basis for discrimination of any kind. Prejudice or elitism on the lips of a believer is an obscenity, whether it be racial national, cultural, or social. What a difference it makes when we look at others with attitudes that are inclusive, open-armed, optimistic, and lovingly and courteously aggressive. Peter's story reminds us that God wants to instill in us his attitude toward the world. Now, in this rescuing work that God's doing on planet Earth, his tool of choice is us. He wants to do the work through us, through you, through me. And, and it's so important that if he's going to, you know, use us the way that he used Peter, he's going to have to have a people who increasingly are willing to go wherever he wants them to go and to go to whomever he wants them to go to. So this morning as we go through this story, God's going to continue this work, this hard stretching but necessary work of like it says in that quote of of instilling in us his attitude toward the world his heart for the world so if you've got a bible or a smartphone and if you have a droid you can use that but uh, uh but we're going to be looking at acts 11 and we're not going to get through the whole chapter but we're going to be camping a lot in in acts 11 and uh in my Bible, it's page 1100, if that, if that helps you. But let's start with uh, Acts 11, verse, chapter 11, verse 1. Here's what it says. <clears throat> the apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. It would have been trending on all social media. It was a mind-blowing thing. Like, what? What happened? Verse 2, so when Peter went up to Jerusalem... The circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and you ate with them? And now I'm not gonna read, verse four on, Peter starts, uh, basically this is where Luke repeats the story from, from last weekend. 
Uh, and, and I'll just, just to summarize it up, Peter, uh, you know, he goes to the house of Cornelius, who's a Gentile, and the Holy Spirit falls on them, and, and then, and then we'll, we'll get to that a little more later, but then I want to jump down to verse 13, where Peter says this. He says, he, Cornelius, he told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. So let's stop there. So number one in your notes is the message that saves. And again, I'm, you know, I'm not going to repeat. JT did a great job last weekend. I'm not going to repeat a lot of what he said. But these circumcised believers, basically, you know, their, their, uh, uh, their reaction to what Peter did uh, uh, was was coming from a place of, wait a minute, if these guys are to be saved and we're gonna let these guys in, these Gentiles, well, then they need to become like us. They need to become like us Jews, i.e., you know, circumcision for the males and, and abiding by and uh, uh, submitting to the, to the law, etc. And so Peter, he gets into his, like the story from last week, and he, he gives his response or his defense for his actions. And really what he says is, you guys, it was the Holy Spirit who set the whole thing up. Like, don't you remember? Remember when Jesus said back in Acts chapter one, he wouldn't have said Acts chapter one, but don't you remember back in Acts chapter one when Jesus said, I'm gonna send my Holy Spirit and he's gonna empower you to be my witnesses? Well, that's what happened. The Holy Spirit set this whole thing up and and what we see in Peter's story is basically we see here's the Holy Spirit working with Cornelius, this Gentile family, and 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 he's working with them and he's he's preparing their hearts to, to receive the message that Peter is gonna bring. And then over here in the story, remember, uh, the Holy Spirit is preparing Peter's heart. Remember, he has the vision of the sheet coming down with all this food you shouldn't eat, you know, like White Castle burgers and Pop-Tarts, stuff like that. But, but he's preparing uh, Peter's heart to go to, to take, you know, this message to the Gentiles. And, you know, and I think it's really important to remember that unlike the Jews, the Gentile people didn't have within their culture this, uh, this expectation and longing for a Messiah, right? The, within the Jewish culture, there was this, you know, this constant prayer, this constant longing that one day, you know, Yahweh God will send the deliverer. One day, he's gonna send the Messiah who's gonna set us free from our oppressors and their minds. He's gonna, you know, set us free from the Romans. And, and he's gonna bring us into this place of great blessing. Well, uh, the Gentiles, that wasn't part of their culture. They didn't have that same expectation of a deliverer, but they definitely had the same need. They had the same need for a deliverer, for a rescuer, the same longing for peace. And so uh, the angel tells Cornelius, you know, send for Peter, and in verse 14 it says, he will bring you a message uh, through which you and all your household will be saved. And so Peter goes to the house, this Gentile house, and he starts telling them the story of Jesus. And I don't think that it's at all a coincidence that the verse that sparks the, you know, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the Gentiles is, is prefaced by uh, uh, where Peter shares how, how clearly, or cl- shares clearly how it is that a person is saved. So if you're in your Bible, just turn back a page to Acts chapter 10. It's a real workout this morning. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. This is what Peter said when he was at Cornelius' house. It says, all the prophets testify about him, about Jesus, that everyone, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. So what does the message say? You know, to be saved, you what? You have to abide by all these laws. You have to dress this way, eat this way, that, 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 that. No. The invitation to everyone is to be saved. All it takes is to hear the truth and believe it. The thing that goes off goes, oh, if that's true, I want that. That's all it takes to, is, is to believe. And, and you know, whether you were raised in the church or, 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 or not, or whether you have a believe in God or not, in the heart of every human being, there is a longing for God. There is a longing to be uh, in the hands of someone greater than us, 
stronger than us, smarter than us, you know, richer, wiser, all the, there's this, there's something in the heart of every human being that longs to, you know, to be reconnected to their maker. Now, they may not use that language, but I believe the, the, the fingerprints of God, you know, who created every person, part of his, the, the wiring as he, as he wired us, there's something in us that just, that, that longs to be reconnected to our maker. And, you know, uh, the picture I have is that one of the, the works of the Holy Spirit is that he's constantly calling to humanity and he's quoting this, this, this famous line from the Lion King. Uh, if you, everyone's seen the Lion King, of course. But remember in the Lion King, and it's such a great line where, uh, you know, Simba, the lion cub, and I won't get into the story because I'll just start to cry. But, but where Simba is run away and he's lost and he, you know, and remember when this voice comes to him one night and what does he say, this voice? Simba, remember who you are. And I believe one of the works of the spirit in this, in this you know, this, this rescuing work on planet earth is he's calling to every human being, remember who you are or remember whose you are. You're not alone. You don't, you, you know, you're, you've not, you're not an orphan. You're not forgotten. You're royalty. You belong to the, to the king of all kings. And, and what we see in this story is that the Holy Spirit has prepared the hearts of these people, these Gentile people, to receive this word. And literally, when, when Peter goes to them out of obedience to the Holy Spirit, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, and ooh, Gentiles, you know, and it's like, and he's standing there, and it's, and, and it's like his words, it was like a match thrown on a pile of dry wood soaked in gas. Right, because God's prepared their hearts, his heart, and he says the word and they hear it and they go, yes, that's what we've always longed for, to be washed clean, to, you know, to, to, to not, we can't carry shame. We don't know how to carry guilt. We're not built for those things and they hear it and they receive it and boom, the spirit falls on them. And you know, I, I believe that a huge part of God's pursuit of, of, of us as human beings is is because of his great love for us, he brings us to a place of, of recognizing our need for a savior. And like what I said about the Gentiles, you know, who that wasn't, the, the, the expectation and longing for a savior just wasn't part of their culture, but God brings us to that place. And wouldn't you agree that increasingly, we live in a land where people either flat out don't believe in God, or the, you know, the way they see God is so small that, that, that they're, the, sort of they're, they have little to no expectation that God will or can do anything. Right? Increasingly, that, I see that in our culture. And that's the world that God is sending us to. We're the tool of choice. We're, we're, the, we're, we're the ones that he wants to bring this, this, uh, this, this saving message to the world. We're the ones he wants to do that to. Listen to this, and I'll, I'll turn to this real quick. Romans 10, verse 12, says this. <clears throat> For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, I want you to consider something. That right now, the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives, uh, uh, working in their hearts, and you know, he's so creative, whether it's through crisis, through conviction, through, I mean, there's just no, no limit to how he does his work. But right now, there are people that the Holy Spirit is bringing them to a place of recognizing their need for a Savior. He's pre- and, and he's preparing them. Uh, uh, he's, he's working in their hearts. And, and the people that, okay, I messed that up. <laughs> Let me get my brain back here. There. So he's working in people's hearts. People that you and I are going to bump into this week, right? Consider that right now he is working on their hearts and in the same way right now he is depositing into us what they're gonna need to hear. Does that make sense? Right now he's working and he's preparing his tool of choice. Right? How many times has this happened to you? This uh, quote unquote coincidence where you run into someone 
Could be someone you know real well. Could be some you know, guy or gal at work or whatever. I mean, you run into someone and, <clears throat> and, the, and the, the, the Bible verse, the song, that phrase from that book you're reading or just something that's been rolling around your head all day. You have this conversation with this person and what a coincidence. It just happens to be the very thing that that person needed to hear. Like who's ever experienced that? Look at that. Okay, as a pastor, I would say, you know, 100% of the room put their hands up. <laughs> no, but a lot of you, I mean, that's not a coincidence. That's the Holy Spirit doing what he said he would do. That's the Holy Spirit empowering you, equipping you to be his witness. So, uh, so Peter speaks and the Spirit falls in the Gentiles. And I just want to touch on the way that the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. So Acts 11, I'm going to jump now or to verse 15, says this. As I, Peter, began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, the Gentiles, as he had come on us at the beginning. Now stop there. So number two in your notes is the, is the, uh, the same gift for all. And so Peter says, you know, I start talking and the Holy Spirit falls on them, falls on the Gentiles the same way he fell on us at the beginning. And he's not saying beginning like Genesis beginning. He's talking about at the beginning when the, in, in, in Acts chapter two when there was this, the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the Jewish believers. That's the, and, and if you remember back in Acts chapter two, what happened? The Holy Spirit falls on these, you know, these believers that have gathered and they start speaking in tongues. They start speaking in all these crazy languages. And, and if you remember in the story, they're, they're declaring the, the wonders of God and they're praising God. And then how does he fall on the Gentile believers? And I just want to read this because this is really important. Uh, back to chapter 10, verse 45 says this. Well, let me start with 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Now, uh, Spirit falls on the Jewish believers, first outpouring, first outpouring on the, on the Gentile believers. Why is it important? Why is it important that Peter looked at it and recognized, hey, he just fell on them the same way he fell on us. Because God was, was sending a very clear message to all parties. And he was saying, I want, you, I want it to be crystal clear that the Jews and the Gentiles are on equal ground. Right? There's no uh, second class Christians. I want it to be clear that I haven't just given them, the Gentiles, some of my spirit, but like you Jewish believers, I've given them all of my spirit. See, uh, Luke could have easily skipped over the details, but God knew that for generations to come, Jews would need to be reminded that the Gentiles are not second-class Christians. And the Gentiles would need to be reminded that in the eyes of God, they stand on the same level as the Jews. Because think about it. We're talking generations of intense prejudice. And God is making a statement like, look, no way. What I've given to you, I've, I've given to them. Like imagine if Luke, and this is where my mind goes sometimes, but imagine if, if Luke just was trying to whip through the story because he knew I have all these chapters to go yet and I've only got so much, so much memory left on my scroll, right? And <clears throat> imagine if Luke was like, well, okay, let, you, know, uh, you know, Peter spoke the words and if I remember correctly, a couple of their eyelids fluttered and one of them said, hey, hey, do you feel that? Right, imagine if that's what Peter or Luke had written. See, with the, with the prejudice that the, the Jewish people, the built-in prejudice that they had towards the Gentiles, that they would have looked at that and concluded, okay, these guys got less than us. You know, we're the spirit-filled followers. They're the, well, I'm not sure what they do. But they just, you know, they, they have enough just to get in. And see, when you say yes to Jesus... I believe, I have lots of questions, but I believe, I put my life in your hands, come, you know, be the Lord of my life. You, you know, Jesus, take the wheel, as the song says. When you say that, you're filled with the Spirit of God. All of the Spirit of God. And sometimes it's with great power and emotions and kabooms, but most times it's an, with an incredible calm and peace 
but you are filled with all the Spirit of God. And that's so important for us to, to really grab onto and think about and, you know, and, 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 and uh, ponder because for ourselves, but, but also for others. Because that impacts the way we see other people. It impacts the way we value other people. You know, I remember, and this is, well, it's just, it's a true story. Well, no, I'm making it up. <laughs> okay, that's funny to me, but uh, I'll keep talking. I remember years ago when I was like 19, this is back in, in uh, when we were still back in Vancouver, and, and I was new to the vineyard, and at that time, the vineyard church was sort of, it was like the new church in the area, and it was, it was like, they're the charismatics, and there, people were thought we were a cult, and, you know, because we're the spirit-filled church, right? And all these things would go on, it was wonderful and crazy, and, and I remember going to this big vineyard conference, and it's, you know, like 1,500 people, a huge conference, and it was on the Holy Spirit, and I went to this, and I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be awesome, you know, and, and I was standing there during worship, and, and right in the row ahead of me, two people over was this guy, and I don't know if this makes sense, but I looked at him and just totally judged him. And what I mean is this, I looked at him like, you know, and I was watching him and the way he was dressed, and, and it's, it's sort of embarrassing, but I, but I looked at him and I, and, I, and I thought, oh, he's from that church. Yeah, that church where they, they, don't, they don't let the Holy Spirit, you know, give the Holy Spirit freedom. And I was, you know what I mean? I was looking at him like, you know, I'm up here, I'm spirit-filled. And you're like over here, and I was totally judging this guy and, and thinking, I don't even know why he'd be at a conference like this. And, and so we're worshiping, and at the end of the worship, suddenly someone way up at the front uh, just bellows out this, this tongue like a, a word in a language, you know, an unknown language. And the Bible says to wait for interpretation. And I'm not, this is exactly what was going through my mind. I'm standing there because I'm, I go to the vineyard. And I'm sitting there going, I'm in, you know, I'm in tune with the spirit. And, and, I, and I even thought these words, I wonder if I'll get the interpretation, right? And I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, as I'm thinking that, this guy just rears back and like the most beautiful prophetic word, the love of God, the, just the most beautiful word just comes roaring out of this man. And I watched that and I felt like God said, hmm, like, <laughs> where, was, where did that come from? But I said, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry, Lord. Right, and, and it not only impacts the way we see and value people, but, but the potential we see in people, the way we pray for people. Like, when, you know, when, when people come forward and we pray for them and they share their struggles and challenges in their life, it's so good to be reminded as I'm praying for a brother or sister to go, you know what, they're not limited to just their potential in this issue. The spirit of God lives in them. I mean, the potential in this room is awesome. It's unlimited. Right? It's unlimited, the spirit of God that we carry in us. It, he can do anything. And you know, even as I say that, I get a sense, I know a dollar, that, it's for you, sister, that there are people here and you, you love Jesus and, you, and, and you're a follower of Jesus, but even as we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's, there's this nagging thing in your heart or in your mind that you question, am I filled with the Spirit? Or you wonder, am I just sort of one of those down there filled? Right, and, and God, and we really, at the end of the service when we pray, we wanna pray for you because God wants to put that question to rest, that you are filled with all of the Spirit of God. Now, now the reality is we have to learn how to submit to his, lead, lead, his, his guidance. We have to learn how to submit and learn to hear his nudges. And, and I believe as you walk with him, you do see more of his work, but it's not more of him. It's just us getting in line more with him. Does that make sense? So if that's you, please uh, let us pray for you uh, at the end of the service, which is coming really quickly. So let me finish up here. So now in verse 19, uh, Luke switches gears. You know, he, he totally retold the story that Peter, uh, uh, that had happened to Peter, and, and now he goes back to more his typical writing style, you know, this church in motion, and he's hitting all these big events, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, number three in your notes is to wherever and whomever. And Luke, or sorry, Acts 11, verse 19 says this. <clears throat> it says, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. 
Now some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks, Gentiles also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So, so you know, Luke's sort of back with the story, and he's talking about these, these groups, you know, that they're fleeing persecution, and they're, you know, they're uh, going to all these different cities, and, and I think it's really interesting that a lot of the commentaries said at this stage in the, in the book of Acts, it's now approximately 10 years out from when God first gave that, the Great Commission to go into all the world. It's now 10 years out, and when we finally see it happening, where they're, you know, they're, they're spreading all around. And, and the people that I want to focus on as we close off today is, are these unnamed, this unnamed group who ended up in the city of Antioch. Because, you know, uh, a lot of what JT talked about last weekend and what I've talked about uh, this morning you know, where God is sharing with the, you know, or, or, or calling the Jewish believers, calling us into a, a, a living a life where we're, we're standing with God that, you know, the, the gospel of God isn't just for a select group, but it's for everyone. God wants everyone to be brought into his family and, and, and he wants to free us like he did in Peter's heart. He wants to free us from any attitude or that, you know, that would cause us to say, you're worthy, you're not worthy, right? He wants to free us from that. And when I look at this group of of people who, you know, fleeing persecution, they end, up, uh, they end up in the city of Antioch and they literally end up in a city where if you were gonna have a list of unworthy out people, the city of Antioch would be at the top of that list. And here's what I mean. The city of Antioch at the, at the time in the first century was, was the third largest city on the planet. And so you had, <clears throat> you had Rome, you had Dayton, and then you had... Antioch, <clears throat> you are listening. Rome, Alexandria, and, and, and then uh, Antioch. And so it's a, it's a you know, busy port, lots of wealth, <clears throat> lots of excess. And like most of these foreign cities, lots of pagan worship. And, and I won't get into the details, but the, the, the goddess of choice in Antioch, they had a massive shrine to the goddess Daphne. And <clears throat> just say this, that the the 24-7 worship of, uh, in this temple and a lot of the temples was all built around, you know, sex and temple prostitutes. And so you have this, the, the, the heart of this city is incredibly dark and incredibly corrupt. And it's to this out-of-control city that these followers of Jesus show up as they flee persecution. <clears throat> and I look at it, you know, instead of laying low, instead of getting there and just find, you know, let's just get a little apartment and let's hang out till things cool off, as soon as they get there, what do they do? And it says in the text, verse 20, you know, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, they go to Antioch, and right away they begin to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. <clears throat> Instead of laying low, these people go and just right away start telling, talking about Jesus. Again, I look at that and I go, you know what? That's how God wants to work. That's how God wants to work through us. That's his tool of choice. It's everyday people who have encountered the living God and, and it hasn't changed everything in your life. We're all in process, but you've experienced his love, his peace, his healing, his provision. I mean, I mean, if, I mean there's, you know, we all have a story. We all have a story of how God has impacted our lives and these people go to this, you know, this out of control city and they just start sharing their story, they can't stop talking about Jesus. <clears throat> and, and it's within that context of this, you know, again, this unnamed group of people. They're not apostles. Paul isn't there yet. They're just, I mean, we don't know where they trained. We don't know how much they knew. They just tell the story of Jesus. And boom, the first Gentile church is born in the city of Antioch. And, <clears throat> and then in, in chapter 11, it now gets into Barnabas and and Saul, who, whose name's gonna be uh, changed to Paul, and later it's changed to Prince. And, <clears throat> and we'll get to that in weeks to come, but I wanna end off with this, because this is really important. Verse 26, the latter part of verse 26, it says this. The disciples, the believers, were called Christians first at Antioch, right? For the very first time, it was in the city of Antioch, this unknown group of believers got the nickname 
right? It was basically a nickname. They looked at this group of people and they said, you know what we're going to call you? We're going to call you Christians. And it's a nickname. And it's, and it's a mashup of Greek and Latin where the, uh, the Greek word Christ is, is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah, right? Jesus, the deliverer, the promised one. And, and my hunch is they used the word Christ because these Antioch people would have, would have constantly been hearing the name Messiah from these believers because they would have said, let me tell you about Messiah. He's here, he's come, he wants to rescue you, he wants to heal you, he wants to give you purpose. He, on and on, they would have heard that over and over and over and over. And so it, part of this nickname was Christ and then they threw in this Latin suffix, which uh, I-A-N, which means belonging to the party of, right? Christians. And, and it's just amazing to me that these city, the, the citizens of Antioch, this corrupt, just do-as-you-will city, you know, evil running rampant, they look at how these people live. They look at how these people respond to them. They look at how these people, <clears throat> you know, in the midst of so much evil, so much uh, promiscuity in that city, they look at them and they go, you know what we're going to call you? We're going to call you Christians. And basically what they're saying is people that belong to Jesus. And you know, that got me thinking. I, as, I was, as I was studying this week, I just stopped and I sat there and I thought, you know, in the midst of all that's going on in, the, in our country right now and uh, the ways that I'm responding, the ways that, you know, the reactions, the feelings, the decisions we're making, just the way we, we live our lives, I sat there and I thought to myself, uh, what nickname would they give us? Like, what nickname would they give, would they give you? And again, would they, would they look at you, would they look at me and say, oh man, it is obvious these guys belong to Jesus. It is so obvious. You know, and, it, and as I pondered that, I thought, I even said out loud, I said, well, I guess in some ways they could say that. In some areas of my life, I, I'm confident they could say that. But that's a good, you know, what nickname would they give us in, 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 the, in the, this time in history? as followers of Jesus. And I, you know, I started off my talk with Romans 12, 21, a great verse to memorize. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And, and you know, I'm not a doomsday person, but my hunch is that we have challenging days ahead. And I don't mean with, you know, the added traffic because of the outlet mall, uh, although it's a certain amount of stress, but, but no, I mean challenging in the sense of uh, how to obey Jesus in the midst of all that's going on, how to stand with Jesus, how to not be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil uh, with good. How do, how, do, you know, how do I walk that verse out when I go to work tomorrow? How do I walk that verse out with all that we see in the news, with all the, you know, all the posts on faith, you know what I mean? All the conversations that are, that are going on right now. How do, God, how do we walk that out? And you know, like so many of the talks we've had in Acts, I find myself coming yet again at the end of the message to this place of without the Spirit of God filling us, leading us, us submitting to Him, us yielding to His leadership, without that, we're not gonna do it. We're not going to be his witnesses if we aren't submitted to and filled with and constantly leaning in to the Spirit of God. So why don't you stand up? <clears throat> so Lord, I, I thank you for your presence here. And it's so cool it's so exciting to know that the the holy spirit that we've been talking about in this story pouring out on the jewish believers pouring out on the gentile believers that same spirit is you're here with us right now like you know people you have have led uh generations of people you have empowered and equipped generations of people to be your witnesses. 
We aren't your first class. I pray that you would encourage us with that truth right now. Lord. And, and I just feel like there's some people here that that, that, that line, that God's tool of choice, that that's, that's your take home today. You need to ponder that because you don't feel like you fit in. You don't think you have anything to offer and, and God is looking at you and going, no, you are my tool of choice. I just bless whoever that is. I just bless you right now to just... That God would show you how he sees you. Just bless him, Lord. So I have uh, two thoughts. One is this. I... uh, well, before I forget, so when I talked earlier about the question of whether you're filled with the Spirit or you know, not all the Spirit, if that's you, please let us pray for you now at the end of the service, and I'll call you up in just a sec. But also I saw there was a group of people <coughs> with all that's going on, you watch the news, and there's this fear that is just paralyzing you. There's fear for your own life, fear for your children. There's this fear. There's this fear that is gripping your heart and just that verse that uh, perfect love casts out all fear if you're here today and fear is just keeping you up at night it's it's constantly on your mind we want to pray for you because God wants to wash that fear away with his love he wants to come and love you that's one group and then the other group was this I saw someone someone who had for many many years been walking with Jesus and I saw, and I, I don't know if it was a man or woman, but it was a person standing in front of the mirror. And they're sort of looking at themselves in front of the mirror. And they saw this attitude. And it was, it was, it was, it was not a good attitude. And they looked at it, they saw it in the mirror, and they thought, ah, that's just who I am. And I felt like God sort of came into the picture, put his arm around him and said, no, I'm not finished with you. I want to deal with that attitude because there are people that I want to send you to that you're not going to go to as long as you hold on to that attitude. So if that rings true with you, we want to pray for you because God, it's not a spanking. It's, it's liberation. It's, it's the spirit wanting to, to equip and free you because there's people that God wants to send you to. So that's the, I guess, the third group. And then one final group is we love to pray for the sick. And if you're here today, you have pain in your body or, or any illness, we'd love to pray for you. If, you're feel, if, if depression or anxiety, if you struggle with that, we would love to pray for you also. So uh, Pam, lady's gonna lead us in a song. Come on forward for prayer. And as people come up, let's make sure someone's praying for them. But just come on up for either one of those or all of those. Uh, and let's pray for you. Then we'll end the service off. After Penny says this, do we? I had a word. I, as soon as uh, we stood up, I felt like the Lord, I heard the phrase, daily as usual. And I said, what is that, Lord? And he said, there are people here that are just living their life sort of daily as usual. And the Lord wants to use us to do supernatural things, just like he did in the book of Acts. And I felt like the Lord said, I want to give many people supernatural empowerment to see things that they haven't seen before so if that's you just come on forward we want to pray for you amen so come on up we'll pray for you and then uh, in a bit here i'll end off the service thanks babe. sing oh the depths and oh the depths of your mercy that saves a wretch like me and the waves of forgiveness your blood that covers me to my knees.
just felt like the Lord wanted me to uh, tell everyone that it is not a sign of weakness to come up and get prayer. I was just looking around and I just felt like with the words that were given at a church this size, there should be way more people up here. And I just wanted to tell you that it's not a sign of weakness, like this is real life. This is why we're here. You know, we are here to get filled up, we're here to pour out our anxieties and our depression and get filled up and go on with our week. So come up and get prayer if you need it. Oh, the weight. And oh, the weight of your glory that brings me to my knees and the power of your presence. sets me free pour it out oh pour it out Jesus pour it out pour it out oh the way Lord, we, that's our prayer that you, you know what we need. We just ask you to pour out you. <laughs> just, uh, just keep seeing a picture of a shepherd just walking amongst his sheep and he's checking his sheep out and he's connecting with each one and I just have a sense just the Lord coming close right now and uh, just looking us over because he loves us and he cares for us. So Lord, all, all that you're doing right now, we thank you for it and we bless you. We just, uh, we always pray. We will, we'll never stop saying, Lord, we, we just want you. We just want you to come. Because we, we believe that you truly know best. You know what we need. So come, we welcome all that you have for us today. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for uh, just how faithful you are to generation after generation. Lord, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to finish the work you've started in each one of us. Thanks, Lord. Hey, if you're getting prayer, just feel free to continue. And well, that'll, uh, I just want to let you go at the end of our service. And uh, please, in the lobby, check out their signups. But... Come on out tonight, 6 p.m. on the, on the square. Uh, it's going to be lots of fun and food. So uh, bless you. Enjoy the afternoon, and we will see you uh, hopefully tonight, if not next weekend. Bless you.